Hey everybody, happy new year. It's 20 fucking 24. Can you believe yeah. that? I can't believe that. I don't actually. care. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it makes a difference, care. does They're it? all the same. They're all the same. Yeah. yeah. That's the spirit. I'm time. trying to ignore them. No, yeah, I mean, it is. They are kind of all the same. Kind of like birthdays. I just ignore that shit. Well, like yeah. I said, birthdays are good because you get presents and cake. I yeah. don't care about getting Yeah, I don't take them to heart, though. No, I don't either. There are too many of them. <laughs> yeah, they, they start <laughs> stacking up. About. They start stacking they up. They start stacking up on your ass, on. and you're like, God damn. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, is, so, uh, is Xanada in yes, here? Yes, yeah, Xanada is here. Hooray, yeah. Xanada sent me this movie. Wanted yeah. me to review it. I have seen this movie before, but a long time ago. Yeah, I saw this. Pro I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I think I saw it as soon as it came out on DVD yeah. or whatever. Like, so all star cast got Johnny Depp's in it, playing Hunter S. Thompson. Johnny Depp is great. In this. Yeah, he's fucking great. In it. <laughs> it's got Benicio del Toro. In I it. love him. I love him in everything. He's playing, he's playing Hunter S. Thompson's lawyer. What was his name? Yeah, well, Dr. Gonzo in Dr. the movie, Gonzo, yeah. but yeah. he's based on a real guy, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, and uh, some of us, some have criticized the movie that there's no story. Oh, no, there's a story. <laughs> there's a fucking story. You're talking about this is a drug adventure. <laughs> this a is drug. a drug adventure comedy. These two <sighs> crazy motherfuckers that were real people in real life. Actually, they said Dr. Gonzo might have just been based... He was based on a real guy, but it, that wasn't a composite of any... Of, of, no, it was based on a real person. Based on, okay. based on a real person named um, Oscar Zeta Acosta. Yeah. And... Uh, he was indeed a lawyer. Yeah. And then his friend, Hunter Hunter Thompson, who was Going under a journalist. the Raul Duke. Yeah, he was a journalist. But he was kind of like an outlaw journalist. He, he did a lot of fucking cool shit in his time. Uh, got into a lot of trouble. Uh, this is back when journalists did shit. But he'd get so high he'd forget a, he'd, he'd forget to do the job. He forgot. What he's and doing. he'd just come up with a new story. <laughs> just, but uh, this is a great flick. If you've ever done a bunch of LSD or gotten really fucking hammered, you will totally relate to this. Uh, this is about the time they go to Las Vegas and just get really fucked up and do all the drugs yeah. that have ever been invented they in the history. Get into of man. all kinds of fucking trouble. And they try to get out of the trouble. The trouble includes underage girls who try yeah. to fucking latch Which on was play. worse in real life. Uh, real, the the real event life. was worse. Okay. They kind of softened it a bit for Softened it, yeah. But the yeah. girl's played by uh, Christina Ricci. Yeah, A kind of a more grown Christina Ricci. I had forgotten she was in this movie. Yeah, this is when she first... She got real voluptuous. She wasn't that little yeah, skinny girl anymore. Yeah, this was 98. She was curvy. She looked yeah. good. I thought she looked great. A little short. She still looks she, real young in this. Yeah, though. she's real young. Probably about 17, 18. Yeah. Um... And then, uh, shit, man, fucking Gary Boosie's in it. Plays a cop that needs a kiss. That, you know what I heard? Shit. I heard that that line, which was which made me bust yeah. up laughing because I forgot about that line. That whole thing where Gary Busey pulls over, yeah. uh, you know, Raul Duke or whatever, yeah. Hunter S. Thompson. And the last thing he says is, like, ask him for a little kiss. It's like he gets so lonely out here and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Apparently, Gary Busey, like, ad-libbed that. Did it? Yeah, yeah. And it was crazy enough when Hunter S. Thompson saw the movie, he's like, man, I would never say nothing like that. But Terry Gilliam, the director, thought it was so funny that he yeah. left it in there. Which, I mean, glad he left it in there, because that yeah. shit is funny. Because <laughs> well, I totally... said that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, okay, but Hunter S. Thompson didn't say it. No. Okay, but he said he'd never say... Or he said yeah. that, that cop He's, would never say that. No, yeah, he said that, you know, he... Yeah, he yeah. just said that that didn't happen. That, did that happen, didn't yeah. happen like that, or yeah. whatever, yeah. It was crazy, though. It's good that they left it in there. I know because yeah. it was just like so random. Just that random was like shit. one of the best like fucking. Yeah, the lines cops the going movie. off on him at the end. He goes, uh, 
Can I have a kiss? I get lonely. <laughs> it's just like so out of left field that I was yeah. like, I totally forgot. Because like I said, I saw this movie a long time ago. I yeah. think I saw it whenever whenever it first came out on DVD. I think I rented it. So what was yeah. that? 2000? Maybe? 1999, 2000. Yeah, and this is the... Uh... The first time I had ever heard somebody mentioned it, Adrenochrome ever mentioned. Yeah. That it came from Luke Pituitary Glads, so kids, terrified kids, that they got it from a Satanist. Yeah. They were taking it. I don't know if that's true. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't mean, sound. It sounds very satanic panicky, but it's not impossible, I guess. The but. thing is, though, is, you know, like I said, I, I inject hormones and synthetic hormones. If there's going to get something out of a pituitary gland, those hormones are not going to stay. They're not going to have a real short half-life. There's got to be some kind of way to get those to chemically fix themselves so you could actually use them in some way. That sounds like a tall tale. And usually what ends up happening in like biochemistry and the manufacture of drugs, it's far more efficient to synthetically produce that hormone in a laboratory than it is to get it out of a gland. Yeah, I mean, because that and, would be a huge pain yeah, in the ass. Yeah, it's just, it's better to just know what the molecule looks like, and then you use chemical processes to make it, and then you do something like give it an ester, which is like carbon shells around it, so it so it can stay in, 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 in storage, and when you put it in your body, it'll last for a long time instead of it just fizzles. Most of those hormones, like if you were just inject pure testosterone into your body, like from one person to another, in an hour it would be gone. It just doesn't have any staying power, you know what I mean? It's meant to be produced on site and used on site. So the adrenaline, the, the, the adrenochrome story sounds like a wild tale. And that tale kind of lives on. There's some people in the conspiracy circles think that they're harvesting adrenochrome out of little kids and then using it and say, say uh, it sounds unlikely. It's easier just to make that shit. Yeah, that's Why what I mean. You, yeah. A lot of unless you were just unless it was like some super super fringe thing where people yeah. were doing it just for the kicks because the they kicks. wanted it out of a real person. Yeah, a little kid. Um, yeah. That if you were just gonna sell the drug like for profit, which most people would, then yeah, it would behoove you to or just, just make or if it. you're just gonna use it. Yeah, you know, you're using it aren't much you just easier. Make it? And much less chance of getting like life yeah. in prison. Or yeah, most of that stuff's made chair. out of commonly available materials. You just have to know the recipe. So. Uh, but anyway, it's still a great flick. It has a bunch of fucking weird shit that happens into you. Like, wait, hold on. Are they doing that or are you hallucinating? It's very kind of mind-bending. You, you try to keep track of what's real and what isn't real sometimes. And uh, you forget what they're doing because they forget what they're doing. Yeah. There's all kinds of weird shit. There was... Now, the thing about this is that this is a fairly... Which is crazy to say. They've been trying to... They had been trying to make a film of this movie. Like, I since at least the early 90s, maybe earlier. You know, um, Oliver Stone wanted to do it. Martin Scorsese wanted to do it. Um, Ralph Bakshi wanted to do it. The guy that does all the, um, the animated, like, Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and stuff. Like, he wanted to do it. And he wanted to make an animated film, which... I saw another review of that, and they were like, "Why don't I make an animated film?" I'm like, well, you know what? That might have worked. I'm not really sure. Maybe somebody could do that one of these days. That might be kind of cool. But I think even though Terry Gilliam was one of the, you know, kind of not the first choice of director, I think for a time they were going to get Alex Cox to do it. Um, but which you know that might have worked too. But I don't know. But Terry Gilliam, I think, was maybe in hindsight like the perfect person to do this because the book is. If you see this movie, it's a pretty accurate representation of the book as 
as far as you could do that. You know what I mean? They did take some stuff out that wasn't really germane to like the center plot of like the two main characters just to keep it from going all over the place more than it already does. But some of the stuff in that movie was like exactly how he described in the book. Like they even took passages and dialogue and stuff like that directly from the book. So they tried to make it like accurate. And like I said, this is crazy. It's visually really good movie too. Yeah, and and if you yeah. notice Every time, every time they went on a different drug, because they went on a whole adventure, you know, yeah. like with different drugs and stuff, the cinematographer would change up the lenses and okay. the lighting and stuff like that to make it like you're the more accurate to, to like what drug. the experience would yeah. be like actually being on that. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a great fucking idea. Yeah. Because October Ray said, it really visually is the closest thing I've ever seen to what it's really like on 10 hits of 70s acid. <laughs> I know. I lived it. I think, and particularly that one scene where he goes and tries to check into the hotel and it's like the bar and then like everybody's it's giant lizards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the faces are stretching and the carpets going all weird and yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah. I think they did a good job with that. But yeah, I was going to say that Johnny Depp actually because he wasn't the first actor that was picked for this either i think john cusack was going to do it because he had actually directed a play um of this of the book and um so he was kind of attached for a little while they actually i think they wanted jack nicholson and marlon brando no, but by well by the time they got around to making the movie they were like well they're too they, old, they were too old yeah. obviously marlon brando well, you wouldn't have been able to control him well, that might have it might have worked out. Yeah. I don't know, but to be <laughs> considering, but really, I think they got the perfect because you know Johnny Depp. It's like I've seen him in some stuff, some stuff that I thought he was annoying and shit like that. But he's really good at he nails this, and the reason he nails it is because he lived with Hunter S. Thompson in his basement for four months. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, prior to do it, and he okay. read all of his old notes, and he went through all his and all the clothes and jewelry and stuff you see him wearing. That's yeah. that's all Hunter's real shit. Okay, yeah. like he let him wear it. Um, right. He drove his car, the Great yeah. Red Shark yeah. or whatever they called it. He's like he drove that around for four months because yeah. they traded cars. Now there's something funny about I want to say about this character. You get to in this movie, you get to see um, <laughs> you get you get. You get to see a, a fucking what's his name? <laughs> you confuse me. Uh, shit. Well, who are you talking about? The guy who played Hunter S. Thompson. It's just on tip of my tongue. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> you get to see a young, good, really good-looking Johnny Depp. He's he's in his prime, right? And he's bald in this. He's rocking the fucking, the fucking receding hairline. He's just got hair on the side. He's wearing the old man hats. The fucking glasses. Yeah, those are actually just, all. And, yeah, and, and Hunter S. Thompson <laughs> cut Johnny Depp's hair. Just Because like Hunter did. S. Thompson had male pattern baldness. Yeah. That wasn't a haircut. Yeah. So he cut it. I heard, The story I heard was that he cut it in his bathroom while wearing um, a miner's helmet with a okay. lamp on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the story I it's heard. I don't see, know if that's true or not. It's funny to see Johnny Depp with that hair. Yeah. He's still good looking. Uh, yeah. But it's just... Because he was still pretty young. I mean, he was yeah. still pretty young. Yeah, this. you always imagine him, you know, Johnny Depp with a fucking full head of hair, you know, fucking, basically fucking male heartthrob type characters, you know. Like, but this guy, he's, he's just this wacky fucking reporter or, you know, journalist wearing some... What's funny is that he's wearing clothes that we associate with an old guy. But really, that old guy was wearing those when he was young. 
So that's it does, why we associate it with old guys. Because by the time, because they were still wearing those clothes when they got old. When they got old, they were still <laughs> dressed like that. So like that. it's just funny to see a young guy dressed like that. Yeah, but uh, it's great, man. It, 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 he he does a great job in that role. Everybody does a great job. Toby Toby McGuire shows up in it. He's I had, a kid in it. I had forgotten basically. And his hair is also crazy in this yeah, one. He's got like a receding hairline and this like thin white mullet, white blonde like long mullet. hair and stuff. Yeah, he's only in it for like two minutes. Like he plays yeah. this hitchhiker that they. He does pick a good up. job though. His, his his whole job is just to have these fucked up expressions because he doesn't, know, cause what he doesn't know what the fuck. He was just hitchhiking and got picked up by these guys. But he's fucking nuts. <laughs> that are on like all that have. Yeah. Okay, so the the story behind this movie, if you don't know, so the book uh, came out in 1971. Hunter S. Thompson, very famously, was a uh, kind of founded gonzo journalism, which is kind of, you know how prior to that, like, if you were in the media or you were it, you were a journalist, you were supposed to remain, like, objective, you know what I mean, and not become part of the story. But, like, gonzo journalism was kind of like you jumped in and you became part of the shit, you know what I mean? So that's kind of what this is. And ostensibly, he was sent to Vegas to cover... It's like it was like a motorcycle race, right? Like no, motorcycles and dune buggies, yeah. like the Mint Four Hundred. But very quickly, well, I mean, before they even got there, him and Doctor Gonzo, who you know in real life was his uh, friend Oscar, they um, said, "Yeah, we're gonna go out to Vegas to cover this race," and they rented this red. Was it a Cadillac? It was a white. No, it's a no, it's a Chevy Impala. Okay, it's a Chevy Impala. It was a um, okay, convertible. The Cadillac they had was white. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, but the, yeah. the red one they rented. So they're going to yeah. drive out to the desert, and they bring a humongous suitcase of drugs. All kinds of drugs of all different descriptions. Yeah. And they're basically going to... Kind of the theme of it, if there's a theme of anything, is they're trying to find the heart of the American dream, I guess. Yeah. So the thing about it is that when they were first talking about making this movie and when Terry Gilliam was first kind of like attached to it, he said that the producers wanted him to update the book to the 90s, like, you know, to the contemporary time when the movie was made. And he's like, that would have been a really, you know, that would have been a stupid idea. Yeah, it Because story. he's like, yeah, he's like, if you made it in the 90s, it would just be two guys going ape shit, like on drugs, like big deal. But he's like, you know what I mean? If you said it in 1971, you know, with the backdrop of like the end of hippie culture and like the Vietnam War and all that kind of stuff, it's like suddenly you get this kind of, you know, like I said, end of the American dream kind of thing where it wouldn't have had that same cultural resonance had you said it in the 90s. Like you said, it just would have been two people going batshit on all the drugs yeah, and doing crazy shit. But, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, it's a funny movie, but I imagine that if you <laughs> had to deal with the two of them, oh, like, on this, that would have been a fucking nightmare. Because there's some bad shit, like, toward the end, because there's one scene in there, and even Terry Gilliam said that, um, you know, he wanted this to be kind of their low point, where they go into that diner, and they're basically threatening that waitress. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? She, which thought, is, she thought she was going to get robbed and raped or something. Yeah, which was, like, which is horrible. Yeah. So, you, so the, the reason they left that scene in there was because he's like, well, I mean, that really did happen. And he's like, and I wanted to show that this was, like, their low point. They'd, yeah. like, gone beyond the pale, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, they were suffering from basically brain exhaustion, too. I mean, their, their brains were pretty fried. They had been doing a, fucking a lot of drugs for a long period of time by that time. So they weren't in their right minds. 
the brain clearly brain not. I don't even know so how they were. Yeah, how I mean. <laughs> The one, one of the funniest scenes to me too is like when they first, I don't even remember what, what, what's this right after they took the ether and then they started going into that one casino that was like, it's supposed to be circus circus, but the real casino wouldn't let them film in there. So they had to like make like a mock-up. Um, and they're like walking like super crazy. <laughs> like they're all like, their legs are like all yeah. like that. And they're just like all, they have no fucking idea. What's so it was on. a real story about the girl. They, they come up the dude shows up with his girl. Uh, do, what's his name? Doctor Gonzo. Doctor Gonzo shows up some girl, and she's got all these paintings of uh, Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. And she so, came all the way out to Vegas to meet, to meet Barbara Streisand. Streisand. She she's ran like away. Evidently, fan. she's underage, and he's kind of taking care of her. He gave her some acid, but then uh, and she, yeah, I don't know how old she was supposed to be. Yeah, but. Hunter shows up. And he's like, "No, man, we gotta get rid of her." <laughs> yeah, you know, so, this is bad. This well, is bad, no, yeah. first, first, yeah, he's gonna pimp he was gonna pimp her out. I think he, he goes, you are a sick man. He, uh, he was tripping on drugs, and I, I don't know. It seemed like the way he was saying it, he was like, it was like he was fucking with him. Like, I couldn't. I wasn't sure. I think he was, uh, I think he was fucking with her about him. I think he was fucking with him about her, so he would get rid of her. That's what I. Yeah, think maybe that's what it was. But then he goes, we got to get rid of her. Fucking, she's that's too much trouble. That's a lot of heat. The cops and shit. She's underage, and they just take her to another hotel and buy her a room and drop her off there. Yeah, just leave they her just there. just leave her there. She keeps calling back, and they making up stories that the gangsters are fucking after her. Or they're, like, shit. beating them up and, they and know, stuff. Yeah, and they know where she lives, and they're fucking... They're going to come get her, so it's like, her. you better not you contact all us about anymore. Her, and then towards the end of the movie, they're running from the cops or something, and they somebody's crossing the street in front of them, they slam on the brakes, and it's her. She's walking yeah. around with fucking paintings. With all of her paintings. With all her paintings under her arms, and it's just fucking funny. And it's Christina Ricci yeah. playing it. In, well, what I heard of the real story, it's yeah. been a long time since I read the book, but in, yeah, she was underage for sure, and when um, Hunter S. Thompson came into the hotel room, um, Dr. Gonzo, or Oscar, was actually naked. Okay, yeah. So, you were led to assume that he had had sex with her. Yeah. Um, How old so, was she in real life? I don't know. Didn't say yet. Younger than she looked in the movie, I think. Okay, yeah. But so, in the movie... You know, you could assume that that might have happened, but they actually kind of put a robe or a muumuu type thing on him, so yeah. it wouldn't look quite as scandalous, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he was, he was asking her for a kiss, and she's like, no, no. Yeah, so I guess they I were trying know. to imply it without being too, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, know, getting in too much trouble, I guess. But I think, like, in real life, yeah, he was totally naked, like, when 100 came so in the hotel all, that's, room. that's all you know about it? That's pretty much all, yeah, okay. that's, like, all I remember okay. about it. But, yeah, I know that they kind of toned it down for the movie a little bit, because, like right. I said, I know they didn't want to get in trouble. But see, the, okay, so the thing about this movie is that I feel like this was ahead of its time a bit. Yeah. Because this came out, the weird thing about it Everybody is that... Everybody was talking about it when it came out. Well, the weird thing about it, it was a, it was a financial flop. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was a complete failure. It got, like, some people really liked it at the time, like, it got some okay reviews, but, like, some people, like, super hated it because they were like, look, nothing what, happens. Was this blah, came blah, out? 98. Okay, yeah. Um... So it kind of got really mixed reviews tending toward the negative. But the weird thing about it is that I feel like the book, when it came out, was like really critically praised. And the movie is pretty close to what happens in the book. Maybe like even softens it a little bit, but it's kind of similar. I mean, it kind of, so it just seems really weird that people were, the things that people were offended by in the movie or didn't like about the movie were kind of the same things that people tended to like about the book. The weird thing about it was that even the movie did really bad. It got um, 
people interested in Hunter S. Thompson again, and his book sales went, like, way up. Yeah. Like, after this movie came out, but people didn't like the movie. But the thing about it is that now it's obviously, like, a cult classic, so I kind of feel like it maybe came out too early. Yeah. And I will note that it does seem that it's still kind of one of those divisive films, probably less so than when it came out, but because... I'm not going to say nothing happens in it, but it is kind of like just a road trip, drug trip type of movie. So it's very episodic. It's not like a three-act structure. And there there were other movies like this. Yeah. They're kind of forgotten, and you couldn't take them as seriously because they weren't based on reality. A good example would be Cheech and Chong's movies. They were drug trip movies. Yeah, it's a similar kind of thing. They weren't based on anything that was real. They right. were just made made the shit up. There really wasn't a story there either. Just getting high and the crazy shit that happens. And just crazy high. shit happening. Yeah, and space coke and everything. You know, fucking the UFOs land and they give fucking Chong some space coke. And he Man, my dad loves Cheech and Chong. It, it was funny as that. He I had remember, all the records. And I remember being a kid. Yeah, listening to the records <laughs> in the late seventies and yeah. early eighties and thinking that shit was really funny. You can listen to that on YouTube now. You listen; it's not funny at all. It didn't age well at all. It was funny it was, then. It was funny at the it time. It was funny at the time. But this shit is still funny, though. I would, real, I would yeah. submit. Yeah, because it's based on shit that happened. Yeah, this shit really happens. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And I know it's a weird thing to say because this movie's like borders on surreal. Yeah. But from a subjective point of view, it's based on some shit that really happened, and it's trying to give you the experience that they would have had going yeah. through that experience. Imagine if Naked Lunch really happened. We gotta do that movie, too, yeah. because I just yeah. saw that pop up on one of our streaming services, maybe on HBO yeah. Max or Prime or something like that, and I was like, shit, I haven't seen that movie in so long, and it's like, I really want to do that you one, see too. Naked Lunch, that's a movie that's based upon a book called Naked Lunch that is nothing like the movie. It's just, and it's written by under the influence of all different kinds of drugs and every three pages the story's different because he's so high he can't <laughs> tell you the stories they made a, a few of the things I could barely get through it uh, a few of the things in the book a few of the things did show up in the movie kinda like having sex with a typewriter your typewriter being alive that was the typewriter that, turning into a bug yeah turn, yeah that that kind of stuff was wasn't kind he of, snorting bug book. spray or bug powder or something? Yeah, I don't think that was in the book, though. It's a long time. That might have been just the movie. Just the movie. But uh, that that's a good one too. And if you're trying to make sense out of that one, you're f- good. Well, luck. see, it's not the it's that's not the kind of literature <laughs> that it, it is. Not that's not the kind of movie. He that was it a is. beat writer. What was that guy's name that wrote that shit? Um, uh, William S. Burroughs. William S. Burroughs. That's right. Who, um, yeah, he did all kinds of nasty shit in real life. And his girlfriend. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like these kind of movies, that kind of literature, stuff like that, you just kind of have to relax and let it wash over you. You can't, like, get to... You can't get too um, concerned about like whether that's real or or, or plot yeah. or character. <laughs> it's not. You know what I mean? It's experimental. Yeah. So you just kind of have to take it as it comes. Which, like I said, this is too. It does. It is a series of incidents. But it's not like a like a three act structure. It's basically just two guys doing all the drugs and just going through this and and just shit getting worse and worse and worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it kind of now some people have said, and even Terry Gilliam said this, and he said he thought this about the book too, that it doesn't have a real good ending. Like the ending is just kind of it just kind of stops or it's you know what I mean? It's just kind of abrupt or whatever. But I didn't really mind that though, like about the movie. You know, no, it was, just, it was over. Yeah, 
That's just, that was the end of the story. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Everybody just went. Everybody yeah. just went back home and yeah. went back to their regular lives. Like it is when you're get done with a bitch. Yeah, that's it's just over. I just I can't imagine because who was I think October Wraith was saying before that um they don't know how they're still alive because they were on acid in the seventies for like three years straight or something. <laughs> yeah. What's weird is that uh, like when they were in the hotels, sometimes I mean they had trashed those hotel rooms, just trashed them. In one scene, it's they're knee deep in water, and they, it had to have been a hallucination. Because a, a fucking hotel room can't hold that much water; it would go through the floor. Yeah, like I said, you yeah. can't really get so too concerned about is this really happening yeah, or yeah. not. It could just be their perception, right? I mean, it could be. Well, there was that whole. I love that whole sequence too, where Benicio del Toro, like Doctor Gonzo, is in the tub, and he tries to get. Duke to throw the radio in there so he can hear the the music better. No, it's, Je- it's Jefferson Airplane. Was it a radio? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was a tape recorder. Oh, he was trying to. Throw it was a tape, tape recorder. Yeah, he yeah. He's throwing yeah. a tape recorder in to, to electrocute him. Yeah, to, to kill him. But also, That's he like, wanted to throw. He wanted him to throw it in there, like when the music got to its like ultimate yeah, yeah, peak. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. During when uh, right, White Rabbit. Wait, it was White Rabbit. <laughs> right when right, right got, when, when White Rabbit got just. You right have to, to throw, throw the in. fucking thing. In. And he's like, okay, I'll totally. But then he just these two dudes just tripping. And they're trying to help each other and get through their trips. It's just fucking funny. And they just yeah, they just have they trashed so many hotel rooms. Yeah. They seemingly never got in trouble though. No, because they seem like they never got in trouble. It really. I mean, I know it was the seventies and it was kind of a more freewheeling time. But I mean, Benicio they would charge Toro, you for damage. Well, that's what I mean. Well, yeah. it, so Doctor Gonzo threatened people in the elevator with a knife, including yeah. Cameron Diaz. Um, you know, and the other people that ran there. Cute ass Cameron Diaz before she was famous. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was only in like one scene. Yeah. I forgot she was in this too. Yeah, but um, yeah. So he did that. They trashed several hotel rooms, like really trashed them. Yeah. Um, you know, so and they were just like running around. I don't even fucking know. Pulled her. a gun on. They, they they jumped. They jumped on the maid and pulled a gun on. That's her right. And threatened her to not to tell anybody. They thought she thought they were narcotics cops. Yeah, and, that's and right. For them to get out of it. They pretended to hire her and make her an informant. They said, we're going to call you and send you $1,000 every month. She's like, yeah, 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 okay. And she, they, they recruited her. And I was like, that poor lady. She's yeah. going to be like, where's my money? <laughs> Although it wasn't a gun he was pointing at. He was holding something else like it was a gun. Yeah. That's what it was, yeah. It wasn't a gun. It, it wasn't was like, a gun. What was it? It was like a cane or a... I don't remember what part it was. Of a, yeah, it was like a... I it was part of a shower head or something. Or something like that. But yeah, yeah he was pointing at it. She was just like totally rolling with it. Yeah. But they're... Well, the thing about it was that they were at this other hotel because after they didn't really even cover the motorcycle race that they first yeah. got sent out there to cover, then they got another assignment. He got another assignment where he had to get a and cover like a, like an anti-drug... But it was like the <laughs> district attorney's... Uh, convention or something and they were doing like some big anti-drug thing that scene was also fucking hilarious where that dude was up there talking about marijuana addicts and just being completely clueless about what fucking drugs did and everything and they just like (laughs) couldn't take it because they're sitting there going oh my god this dude doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about but yeah I mean Johnny Depp is great in this like I said it doesn't surprise me that he lived with Hunter S. Thompson for four months to get all of his voice and his mannerisms and everything like that but I think really, Benicio del Toro is the underrated star, no, of, the star of this movie. He, he just went balls to the wall. Yeah, crazy. Oh, and also he gained forty five pounds for this role. He got fat. Yeah, he yeah. ate sixteen donuts a day. Damn. <laughs> and Thompson kept calling him a um, Samoan. Samoan. 
He's when, not. I the, think he was a small. No, he was well, Mexican. He, the real guy, yeah. it, as well as the actor, yeah. are Mexican. But he just but he wanted him to be a Samoan. He keep calling him a Samoan. Well, I what I heard was yeah. that they changed it to Samoan in the movie or in the book, or that he changed it to Samoan in the book so that no one would know it was the real person, even oh, though okay. they even though it's like obviously okay. that's who oh, it was. Everybody, hide the identity. everybody yeah. knew who it was. Well, what was great is that you know. <laughs> He would say, as your lawyer, I recommend you go in there, go in the medicine cabinet and get those pills and fucking take five. As your lawyer, I would advise. He was making Thompson that. take judge, take drugs. Yeah. Uh, uh, using his, his powers of, as an attorney. Yeah. That's right. Uh, you know, I advise, as your lawyer, I advise you to take five. <laughs> and he's like, oh, should I? Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> Which is, a, that's a great angle. I love, I love yeah. that he did that. A bunch yeah, of times. and he was saying it serious, too. Yeah, he was totally serious yeah. about it. Well, I mean, the kind of cool thing about it, as crazy as this movie is, like all the crazy visuals and all the, like all the shit that happens, like when they're at that circus yeah. casino and shit like that, like the whole thing with the, um, uh, and this, it, it was only a second, but I was just like, oh my god, that's fucking brilliant. With the trapeze artist, yeah. and the trapeze artist, like, somebody catches her, she's, like, pregnant, and then, like, the baby pops out, like, on the well, fucking... Well, with a sledgehammer to belly. The, the baby pops out of yeah. the fucking, on the umbilical cord. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's fucking great. <laughs> I wish yeah. I'd see... And that, and Terry Gilliam, I think, actually just thought of that. I don't think yeah. that was in the book. But, yeah, but um, I thought that was kind of a cool idea where, the, where Hunter S. Thompson, uh, uh, Gonzo... Uh, journalist has justifies to himself that his attorney must be with him at all times and on all these missions he's got to have his attorney with him yeah but he's just his buddy they get high with they, to get high with that's, yeah he's that, just his he, drug he doesn't buddy need a, he doesn't need an attorney he just has to he has to come up with an excuse why he needs an attorney to himself I guess I yeah. don't know or just to keep him around so they can get high and maybe he, <laughs> maybe he could get drugs easier I don't know maybe, maybe he sure had was, maybe he had better connections he had better drug connections and shit, like, of course maybe that's what it was yeah I just this is drug friend. I mean, the thing about it is, I feel like I'm amazed that some people from this era, our dudes, could have drug friends. are still alive. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I've known girls that had drug friends. Yeah, I guess so. I was just talking about two dudes that just hang out so they could do drugs. So yeah, just, they're just know, doing all the drugs. They just do all the drugs. <laughs> they're just. Well, I mean... <laughs> I've never seen two girls hang out just to do drugs. I've seen girls hang out with guys to do drugs. Those are strawberries. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> two dudes just hanging out doing drugs. Well, like you said before, dudes' friendships seem very, like... Yeah. Well, Well, they seem very kind of, like, um, activity-centered. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that... Whether it's yeah. video games right. or taking adrenochrome yeah. or whatever it happens yeah. to be um, that's just evening. that's just your friend for that yeah, yeah that's this yeah. is this is the friend that I go to strip clubs and yeah. go visit hookers with yeah um, you know <laughs> so it's just kind of like that's very funny that you have like a friend for each yeah. activity yeah that's that's your that activity you got friend. gun friends motorcycle friends <laughs> hooker friends yeah who are your hooker friends I don't have Tom? hooker friends I don't have hooker friends <laughs> Yeah, not anymore. Back when I was in the army, I had all kinds. I of I was gonna friends. say you gotta say that, or now are you getting trouble? Not anymore. But <laughs> so we had a hooker friend. But yeah, I was. What I was gonna say is that dudes like this, I can't believe. And even what you were saying, October Wraith, it's like, um, because they were saying, I'm not sure how I've lived this long, but I did acid for about three years straight in the '70s. Then came cocaine and everything else. Now I just smoke bud and cigarettes and beers. Honestly, I can't imagine. Like how because the drugs I feel like were a lot 
stronger back then, and people took a lot more of them. LSD was. So I don't even know yeah. how some By people. All accounts, they didn't have it dosed right. Like one hit was equivalent to like four hits back then, maybe more. Now a hit, a hit of acid is on paper is controllable. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... Yeah. Like, it was effective, Yeah, but it wasn't... I wasn't seeing, like, rooms full no, of lizards or anything. No. You take you take a whole album cover, which is four of them, because it used to be that four of them had made an album cover. The album cover, a lot of time, was Dark Side of the Moon. Well, of course. Yeah, of course. Sometimes... I did see I did see uh, uh, some Led Zeppelin ones, too. Houses of the Holy. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. You took all four of them, you, you were trashed. You were, you were fucking... That was a lot. That was enough. You're on the moon. You know. You know how you know how it's where you you can still deal with reality. Yeah. Not on four. Yeah. On yeah, four, you're gonna have to stay at home. Because I was still. I mean, yeah. you know, we didn't go anywhere. Right. On it, but um, I could still. I still was lucid enough. Yeah. To know that what I was seeing, it's like, oh, well, that's real, but that's probably not real. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, weird shit that I was seeing. Yeah. Like, so I wasn't freaking out about it anyway. Yeah. It was, so I, I just kind of kept my wits about me, mostly. Yeah. We used to drive on it in high school. Yeah, see, I can't imagine. Yeah, we could drive on it. But you, I, you, I don't even like driving on, yeah. I don't even like driving when I'm completely sober. You had to let it wear <laughs> off. You had to let so, it wear off. Well, I hope and so. As it started to wear down. Well, you could drive well on it. You, 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 you could drive on that a lot better than you could on alcohol. Well, I th- you know yeah. what? If you have to be on something yeah. to drive, which I'd rather you weren't, um, right. probably I would pick acid yeah, over alcohol. Because at least you, you uh, acid, at least you kind of know you're lucid. Like I said, alcohol, yeah. you're just like blah, whatever, blah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you your just, reflexes are, are okay. Right. Yeah. And alcohol, you're just like right. Like at least I am. Um. Yeah, they're talking about yeah. Camp guy said I tried to read Naked Lunch. It was incomprehensible. Right. And then High Desert said, yeah, Burroughs is just unreadable. Yeah, I can't read it. Camp Guy said, James Joyce's Ulysses is pretty hard to understand, but at least it's partially accessible. Yeah, I found it's out there, but yeah, you can understand parts of it. Um, yeah, Xana said about this movie, it's a great movie. It aged really well. Yeah, I think I think it did too. Oh, yeah. You could, you it's could still this, funny. You could watch this once a year. <laughs> yeah, it's still funny. It's great. And I, and I love the visuals. Like, the visuals are so cool. And like I said, when I read about the cinematographer, what was his name? Uh, Nicola Perconi, Perconi, something like that. Um, he only has one eye, <laughs> the cinematographer. <laughs> um, well, he had retinal cancer. Okay. So he had one of his eyes removed, I guess. And uh, so he only has one eye. He's a one-eyed cinematographer. But he, they had the idea, they're like, every single different drug, we're going to do a slightly different... So like, we're going to use, like, wide-angle lens for certain things, or we're going to use, like, you know, different filters where, like, colors bleed into one another, like, when they're on mescaline or whatever. So it'll look kind of more like the experience of being on each one. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. some some of the shots they wanted it to look more like claustrophobic, like the walls were closing in and things like that. But yeah, it's it's just a great it's a great movie. I mean, like I said, I can see how some people might not like it because it's not a standard if you're a square, narrative. Yeah. If, you're not, if you're a square, you're not gonna like this movie. But it's just like a fun <laughs> Yeah, it's just, just like look at these crazy people, like what the fuck they did on yeah. all these crazy drugs. It's just kind of hilarious. And if you've never done any of those drugs, this is a good example it might of, make you not want to do them yeah or it might make you really want to do them i'm not yeah. really sure and it'll make you know what the effects are it like. depends on what kind of person why you somebody's are. acting that way you know right but you know what the effects are like 
Uh, High Desert said, didn't people complain that Depp was miscast as Thompson? I think people did at the time, but it's crazy because Hunter S. Thompson, after he met Johnny Depp, he said, I can't think of anyone else who would play, who could play me. Yeah. And like I said, he actually lived there and he actually ended up really liking, they said at the, Terry Gilliam said at the premiere, like Hunter S. Thompson came to the premiere, like to watch the movie. And when they were, when he was watching the movie, they said he was acting like he was reliving it all again. They're yeah. like he was making all of this noise, like he was on a roller coaster ride, yeah. like, oh, the bats and all that other kind of shit. <laughs> like he was remembering, like having fucking ass flashbacks or something. And like Terry Gilliam thought that was so cool. He's like, oh, I guess we captured it if it's like bringing back all those memories. Because yeah. he was like reacting, like, oh my God, like, you know what I mean? Like he was reliving it again. That was like so fucking funny to me. Um, yeah, camp guy Terry Gilliam, the only American member of Monty Python. Yeah, that's right. His, and I, his, he makes like the coolest fucking movies, man. Like especially like visually, all his movies are like super cool. I've reviewed a few of them myself, but did we ever review? Um, what was that movie? Time Bandits. Did we ever do Time Bandits? I don't think we reviewed it. No. Ooh, we ought to. I love that movie. I love that movie. We saw it a couple years ago, I think, didn't we? Yeah, I think we... Yeah, because I used to see it all the time, like, on cable, yeah. and I fucking loved that movie when I was growing up. I think I had a hard time following it or something. Um, You kind of got to pay attention, because it yeah. kind of goes... But it jumps... Well, you know, it's about... They, they go, like, different time periods. The other so. one I haven't seen in a while, and I want to review it, is I want to review, review Brazil. Yeah, we need to do that. Yeah, I remember really liking that one. It did we review that? I don't think we did. I, maybe we did, but I don't... All maybe, right, we'll if if we did, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, Camp Guy said, oh, Tammy says, there's a YouTube channel, Ninja vs. Samurai, and it has Lone Wolf and Cub TV series. Okay, yeah. I heard oh, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, series. yeah, we should check that out. Where is this now? It's a YouTube channel. YouTube channel? Ninja vs. Samurai. Okay. That's cool. Man, I love Lone Wolf. I got the all wolf, the movies. The Lone Wolf and Cub Jen, movies. Yeah, Jen gave me like the deluxe fucking Criterion edition. Oh, it's beautiful. Of, of, I, think it's, I think it's six movies. Yeah, and it's like in this big like unfolding big, thing with yeah. all this gorgeous artwork on it. Yeah, it's and all beautiful. this like, looks like Japanese old paper, you know. And yeah, it's super photographs. cool. I love it. I love packaging. You know, it's, I'm yeah. a graphic designer, so I get I, I get little squee about packaging. I've only seen those movies once. I should go back and watch them again. Yeah, I think we did a big like... Um, we did a big massive review on all of them I thought did we do them one at a time or maybe, maybe we did them all at once probably did them all at once I had to go back and check either we just talked about it yeah maybe camp guy said I have had one good acid trip the walls were waving and the colors were all neon orange and blue that's out of maybe five or ten total acid experiences that acid must have been killer strong it was like nothing I've ever experienced before nice too not a bad trip at all yeah um I, I didn't see anything crazy. You know what I mean? Mostly everything was just kind of moving and like all the colors were like super bright. Um, some of the like digital numbers like on the oven and the clock and stuff looked like they were in Chinese. That, <laughs> kind, of, that kind of stuff. So it wasn't like too crazy. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Xanada said Hunter S. Thompson actually has a cameo in this movie. Yeah, that's right. He does. He's, um, yeah, he's the guy that's doing acid in the bathroom. That's right. Oh, I didn't see it. Didn't know. Oh, and I forgot. Like there were some other cameos in here too. Flea was in it for a yeah. second. Yeah. Lyle Lovett is in it for a second. Um, who else is in this? We already said Toby Maguire. Because I had forgotten like that there was Cameron all these like Diaz. yeah I had forgotten like all these super famous people were in it and I was just like oh yeah. my god that's like really that's crazy. Yeah, Zana said I heard Brazil was good but I've never seen it. It's good. Yeah. 
It's about. Um, it has nothing to do with Brazil. It just has has to do with a uh, real kind of like backwards. Uh, it's a guy who who works in a ministry. That government ministry that uh, censors old newspapers and stuff. Yeah. It's oh, Danny like, said, yeah, we reviewed it. We did review yeah, it? Yeah, I okay. thought we did. It's kind of like 1984. It's a despotic kind of 1984 type socialist regime where there's real rich people who run everything and everybody else is just kind of like <sighs> real mundane and... Uh, there was a revolution going on and he falls in love with the girl who was in that revolution he ends up getting tortured and stuff it's, and he's uh, having this he's, he's kind of like Walter Mitty where he has his normal life but then he has a fantasy life where he's got he's dealing with like idealized versions of himself and other people it's a good flick Robert De Niro's in it uh, he plays a terrorist who his job is to uh, fix people's pipes plumbing in violation of fucking government ordinance. It's just weird, man. Because the, the main enemy was bureaucracy. So you're a terrorist if you went around the bureaucracy. Pretty cool. It's kind of comedy, too. Yeah, it's like a black comedy. Like a black comedy, yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought we'd reviewed it. I thought yeah. it sounded, like, familiar. And I knew that we'd watched it not too, like, a few years ago. Yeah, a few years ago. So I thought, yeah. But I'm trying to think of, like, what other, what other Terry Gilliam have we... I know I reviewed Tideland... Probably last year, but I can't remember what other Terry Gilliam we did. But I don't think we've done Time Bandits, but maybe we did. I have to look it up. Yeah, Ben says one of Terry Gilliam's best films, like 1984 on Acid. Yeah, he must be talking about Brazil. Brazil yeah, Xanada yeah. said Brazil holds a 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those movies that pretty much everybody agrees is fucking awesome. It's real deep, well made, artistic. Got a lot of uh, messaging in it. It's good. Ben says Baron Munchausen. Yeah, we definitely have not done Baron Munchausen. Yeah. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. But I would like to do that because that's a fucking... That was a, a trip also. He's made a lot of really good movies, Terry Gilliam. All right, so are you ready to wrap it up? Yeah. Oh, Danny said, yeah, you did review Time Bandits. Oh, okay. Okay. See, I'm, listen, we've, we've done so many movies that, <laughs> that I forget. Like, which ones we do. Maybe we should do Naked Lunch next. I just yeah. keep seeing it like on the streaming, and I'm like, I kind of want to watch that again. Naked Lunch is fucking surreal. I liked it. Yeah. I remember really, I watched it, because me and my friend, me and my friend, whose name is also Jen, back in the 80s and 90s, we used to rent movies, like, all the time, like, every weekend, and we always liked really weird shit, so it's like, we watched all the weird shit, like, from back then. That stars the dude that played Robocop. What's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that guy's name? Yeah. I forgot his name. Dude that played uh, Robocop. Peter Weller. Peter Weller, Peter yeah. Weller. He plays the writer. Yeah. He's having sex with his insectoid fucking typewriter. Yeah. And all the a As one does. Yeah, and like other things happen. <laughs> Everything turns alive and he has sex with it. It's weird, man. That's dude, probably what would really happen. It's like, dude's like everything just comes to life. Dude's like, you know what? I'm going to fuck it. Yeah. He's snorting <laughs> insecticide. And yeah. It's like a drug. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's a crazy fucking movie. Maybe we should do that next week. Because yeah. like I said, I keep seeing it. Like I, I don't remember what streaming service. It's on one of the ones that I look at all the time, and I'm just like, oh. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I remember really liking it. Yeah, it's that. all practical effects. It's wild. Yeah. Because I think that's from the 90s too, isn't it? Yeah. If I, can, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. Xana said you guys haven't reviewed Brazil. I checked. We haven't? Okay. Oh, all right. I could have sworn that we did. 
Okay, maybe we did Time Bandits, but not... Like I said, I know I did Tideland, but I did that by myself. So, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we can see. And like I said, maybe we'll do Naked Lunch, because I kind of want to watch it again. Uh, but yeah, all right. So, everybody have a happy New Year's Day. Uh, you know, hopefully your first day of 2024 was good. Um, we will be back on Wednesday night for our regular show. We're going to do Military Mishaps. Yeah. So remember, because you were talking about the plane that dropped the atomic bombs on North Carolina and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So we'll talk about that okay. kind of stuff. I mostly kind of want to talk about kind of ones that are funnier. Yeah. But uh, maybe people died, but it was still kind of funny just because it was like so ridiculous. But I don't know. But if you have any recommendations for what I should cover, then let me know. Because I have a bunch that I set aside, but we'll see how that goes. Now, tomorrow I might, don't hold me to this. I might put up my history of horror video tomorrow because it's all recorded. Um, I'm just working on editing it at the moment. So if I get it edited, then I'll put it up tomorrow. But if not, then I'll probably put it up Thursday. But it'll be up this week for sure because I got it all recorded and I got most of the stuff kind of working on it. I just have to kind of put all the pieces together, you know what I mean? Which takes a while, but we'll see how that goes. But you know, all right. So have a good evening, you guys. And we'll see you guys again on Wednesday night. Good.